This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio, November the 27th, 2023, as we begin our countdown to Christmas less than a month ago, and uh, a nice long weekend uh, across the country for everybody. Well, unless you worked retail, of course, then you didn't get that long weekend, but um, it was a good, this was my best Thanksgiving ever. Uh, and this is nothing against my family, my children, any of that, but you know, you get to a certain stage in life and, and my wife, Barbara and I, um, this Thanksgiving with uh, the kids hundreds of miles away, just the two of us decided that we were not going to cook. We were going to do something we hadn't done. We were going to go out for dinner, so we went to a local restaurant uh, in Hiawassee, Florida, uh, called The Oaks. Had a great meal. Uh, my wife loved it because she didn't have to have turkey. She's not a big turkey fan, so she had prime rib for for uh, Thanksgiving. And uh, but they had all the fixings. It, the food was excellent. We, uh, it, you know, ten minutes away from our house. Great thing. So we we do that, and we come back, and we sat in the hot tub for forty five minutes or an hour. And uh, then came back in and just did nothing. Snoozed a little bit, watched a little television, watched a little football. She, she wasn't thrilled about the football part. but So that's what, I mean, it, that was the greatest Thanksgiving ever, the most relaxing day ever. Uh, unfortunately for my wife, uh, she has come down with some kind of a, a bug. Um, uh, somebody from her, uh, her job came back from overseas sick and came to work sick and managed to pass it around. So she actually is a little under the weather uh, the last couple of days. But uh, Thanksgiving Day itself, great. I hope yours was wonderful as well. Uh, football all week, all weekend, Thursday. Uh, we had a, we had a, uh, a game on Friday, uh, a Black Friday game. And uh, it was a Black Friday for the New York Jets as they lose again, and uh, they got taken down by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, not unexpected there. Uh, Tim Boyle got the start for the Jets. He wasn't horrible, but uh, that Miami offense just way, way too much for the uh, New York Jets on Friday. Um, great day of college football on Saturday. I mean, that Michigan-Ohio State game was everything I think anybody could have wanted uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, uh, Georgia uh, dismantling uh, Georgia Tech. No, no, no uh, surprise there. The Auburn Alabama game that was ridiculous. And talk about snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. I mean, there was no way Alabama should have lost. I mean, should have won that game. No way. It was uh, Auburn had them. 
it was you know, fourth down and a mile, and they throw a touchdown at the back of the end zone, and Alabama escapes. Unbelievable. The stunned expressions and the silence at Auburn, uh, just amazing. And it, the funny part was is uh, during the broadcast, they had just put up a thing about the, there had never uh, uh, been a uh, – uh, something about Alabama and the SEC, and, and I was like, and no sooner does that happen than they throw the touchdown pass and, and Alabama escapes. So it's just a great football this weekend. Um, Oregon continued to roll. I'm telling you, that Oregon team should scare a lot of people. Now, they've still got to play Washington in the Pac-12 championship, and Washington won a thriller the first time they played, but some bad decisions by the Oregon coach, I think, led to that loss. Um, you know, he likes to gamble and there were some times, there's some times you just don't gamble and it cost him in that first game. I'll tell you what, I think my money, if I was a betting man, my money would be on Oregon in that rematch. I I think Oregon is a very dangerous team. Look, Michigan beat Ohio State, but I have to be honest with you. I think Georgia is better than Michigan. I do. I think, I think Oregon is better than Michigan. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to call me crazy. Um, you know, I mean, look, I, I that Michigan offense doesn't isn't does isn't doesn't impress me. Their defense is pretty good, but their offense, you know, it's it's not a bad offense, but it's not that impressive to me. I'm telling you, I think Georgia's offense is better. I think uh, uh, I think that Oregon's is better. I think Washington's better. You know, so we'll see. I mean, uh, we've still got a long way to go, and Georgia remained number one at the top of the poll. They got 52 of the 62 first place votes. Michigan got the other 10. Uh, Washington, 12 and 0, as number three. Uh, Florida State, number four. Uh, despite losing their quarterback and getting off to a slow start, they win this weekend, so they remain undefeated. Um, uh, and then it's Oregon five, Ohio State six, then Texas, Alabama at eight. And Missouri 9 and Penn State rounds out the top 10. Uh, But great, great football this weekend. You know, I mean, even if you're not a a huge college football fan, watching those games this weekend uh, was was definitely entertaining. Um, The axes started to fall uh, with the conclusion of a lot of seasons. Uh, Indiana fired their head coach, Tom Allen, after seven years. Um, They owe him a... $21 $21 million payout. They gave him a seven-year contract in 2021. And he was making $4.9 million a year. But uh, there was a buyout of $20.8 million if they elected to fire him prior to December 1st of 2023, which they did. Um, so they, uh, they will have to pay him out. Um, he was not the only coach to bite the dust. Um, Houston fired their coach, Dana Hogerson. Um, UTEP fired uh, Dana Dimmel. Utah, uh, New Mexico fired their coach. Louisiana Monroe fired Terry Bowden. I mean, they were dropping like flies uh, this weekend. And it looks like Texas A&M may have their new coach, Mike Elko, uh, from Duke, uh, is reportedly going to be the guy, the 46-year-old head coach, who has had one of the best defenses in the NEC, uh, in the NEC, in the SEC. Um, you know, I think he is going to be the guy that is coming back, coming over to Texas A&M to take over for Jimbo Fisher. I still didn't understand firing Jimbo Fisher with the success that they had, but you know, it it, it goes in college football now. If you're not 11 and 0 or 12 and 0, you stink. 
That's pretty much how it works. Uh, and some interesting news or fun news for James Madison and Jacksonville State who are made, making the transition to the bowl series. Uh, there's a two-year bowl ban. Well, because there's so many teams that stunk this year and not enough teams became bowl eligible because there's a bunch of teams that couldn't get to six wins, uh, James Madison and Jacksonville State are both going to be eligible to play in a bowl this year. James Madison is 11 and 1. Uh, Jacksonville State is 8 and 4 and 6 and 2 in Conference USA. So they are both going to get bowl bids, uh, which is pretty cool for them. Uh, one of them is probably headed to the New Orleans Bowl. Um, and uh, then we'll have to see. It might be the Bahamas Bowl or the Hawaii Bowl for James Madison. But it's pretty cool that. Uh, that they're going to get a chance to go in. I never understood. If you're going up from a smaller division to an upper division, I never understood that waiting period. If, if you're good enough, you're good enough. I mean, I, I could understand, like, you know, where the University of Hartford dropped from Division One to Division Three, uh, you know, having some kind of moratorium there about conference championships and playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're moving up, I, I, don't, I don't get it. But anyway, great week of uh, college football. Um, I have never been – so happy in my life to not have to watch a game involving a team that I root for. Um, I was <laughs> thrilled that the New England Patriots New York Giant game was not available down here in the Southeast. Like I said, I don't have access to uh, to uh, the Sunday ticket anymore because of uh, we don't have high speed internet down here, and and we have data caps, so there's no way that I can. Uh, stream anything on YouTube TV, which a lot of other people in the rural areas can't either. Um, so I didn't, I didn't get an opportunity to watch it. I'm stuck with what they gave me here. The good news is all the games they had on here yesterday were great. But the Patriot game, thank God. The Patriots reach an absolute new low as they get beat by the awful New York Giants. And, and I you know, look, the Patriots are obviously more awful. But, I mean, Tommy DeVito, right? Tommy DeVito. Is there a better name for a quarterback in New York, right? Tommy DeVito. Living at home with his parents. Uh, Despite the fact the Giants only had 220 yards of offense, they beat the New England Patriots 10-7 in an absolute snooze fest. And the Patriots had a chance to tie this game and send it into overtime, and I'm sure every fan that is there was grateful they didn't have to watch any more of that game. Uh, but they missed a a 35-yard field goal late that could have tied it and sent it to overtime. So uh, the fans were at least spared that. Uh, Mac Jones, done with the Patriots. Has to be. He got yanked at halftime. In the first half, he went 12 for 21 for 89 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions was just awful. Bailey Zappi comes off the bench and at least leads them on a touchdown drive. You know, he wasn't any great shakes. He's not the answer. But at this point, Mac Jones is a uh, a broken man, broken young man. Uh, you know, and I'm not. Uh, it's not to say that Mac Jones doesn't have talent. You know, you don't do what you did in college and not have talent. But they have jerked him around so much here in New England, and uh, his coach. You know the the, the fact that that uh, you know the the different offensive coordinators every year, 
the fact that your coach doesn't even show confidence in you to the fact you know you're you're uh, splitting reps with Bailey Zappi for God's sake during the week uh, and he won't even announce who the starter's going to be and, and that's just you know it's just a just a continuing saga of what has gone on with Mac Jones but he's done not only is he done I think Bill Belichick is done they're not going to fire him now because what's the point it's not going to turn things around this isn't a situation, a Raiders situation where they thought, well, maybe firing them now, uh, you know, firing uh, uh, McDaniels now will give us a chance to make the playoffs. Look, the Patriots are 2-9, and nine, not going anywhere. They could win every game between now and the end of the season, and they're not making the playoffs. And, by the way, they're not winning every game because their schedule is, you know, brutal. So, uh, just an, oh, my God, just an awful game. I mean, look, the Patriots did run the ball well. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, 98 yards on 21 carries. Zeke Elliott ran the ball well. I mean, they averaged damn near five yards a carry when they ran the football. But the quarterback play has become a huge problem. And are they tanking it? I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't think so. But at the same at the same time, look, the Patriots are two and nine. They are right now sitting in the number three draft position. And if the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers win a couple of games down the stretch, the Patriots could get the number one draft pick. And, and frankly, it doesn't matter. Whether, whether they get the number one, the number two, the number three, they are going to be in a position to get a quarterback. They have to draft a quarterback. They have put themselves in a position where they have no choice. Mac Jones is not the guy, and there's nobody else out there. It's not like there's some – you know, a young kid that they're going to go out and steal from somebody else. There's nobody left. You know, I don't think – I mean, look, if you look at that Arizona schedule, I don't think they're going to win another game. They Maybe they beat the Bears, but it's in Chicago. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, they got the Seahawks, the Eagles, the 49ers, the Steelers. They're not winning any of those games. So they're going to be in a position to uh, – uh, to do well, the Carolina Panthers are one and ten, and it doesn't. The Panthers aren't getting the number one draft pick regardless because they traded that to the Bears. Uh, so the Bears are praying like hell that the Panthers continue to tank, and they're not showing any signs of life, you know. And if you look going down the stretch at their schedule, I mean, who are they going to beat? I mean, their best shot was probably uh, you know Tennessee. Now maybe they get a shot this week, uh, depending on what happens with uh, uh, Baker Mayfield's ankle in Tampa. Uh, New Orleans is terrible. That whole division's awful. They still have to play the Falcons. I mean, they've got a few games in there, but they're you know they're not beating Jacksonville. They're not beating the Packers. Uh, so it looks like right now the Patriots are going to get the number three pick, which should be able to get them at least a shot at a quarterback. But I think that Bill Belichick has to be gone, not just as head coach, but as general manager. They need to clean house. They need to have other people making personnel decisions. Bill Belichick has made too many personnel mistakes through the years. The cloak and dagger crap that he pulls all the time, it's its worn thin. And look, I'm not a Bill Belichick hater. he He's a very good coach. The fact that they are 2-9 and nine, is amazing to me. The fact that they just came off of a bye week, that was like an automatic. If Bill Belichick had two weeks to prepare for a game, that was going to be a win. They had two weeks to prepare for Tommy DeVito and the lowly New York Giants, and they couldn't win that game. So I don't know whether Bill's lost a little off the fastball 
whether it's just personnel, whether the quarterback situation is the – I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I know that they have got to make a change, and it's just time. It's just time. And, you know, I don't know whether it's Gerard Mayo taking over. I'm not sure that's the answer. Gerard, you know, if you're going to try to rebuild a team as bad as the Patriots are right now, do you really want to put a rookie – coach in that position that's the question you know I don't know what other options are out there I mean you're not going out and getting John Gruden that would be a PR nightmare after what happened in in uh in in Las Vegas but you know I don't know what you do but I know that they have to find a new GM they have to find a new coach they need they need a new voice they need maybe they need a whole new culture. Maybe that smothering uh, Patriots culture has become too much. But man, thank Jesus, I did not have to watch that game yesterday. Uh, one game I did watch, and what a great one it was: the Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. And my goodness. Uh, you couldn't ask for a better game, a better finish. I mean, the Eagles were down 10 in the fourth quarter. Buffalo scores first in the overtime. And then Philly wins it on a Jalen Hurts run. And the best play of that game, I mean, a 59-yard field goal by Jake Elliott in the rain. And he nailed it. Tucked it inside the right upright. It made it by plenty in lousy weather. That was the play of the game. I mean, you know, you could say, well, Jalen Hurts, you know, running the, for the 12-yard touchdown, winning the game is playing it. No, no. Jake Elliott, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, and, you know, look, and look, that. That drive by the Bills to start the overtime, they had 13 plays. And it looked like they were going to get themselves a touchdown. And if they had scored a touchdown on that first drive of the overtime, we're not even having this conversation. But, you know, they they moved it well. They got all the way down to the uh, Philadelphia 26-yard line, and then it just stalled. Um, and the Buffalo Bills are in danger of not making the playoffs. You could matter of fact, I'm it's going to take a lot for them to make playoffs. They got a tough schedule. Uh Josh Allen threw a couple of touchdowns, ran the ball well, ran for two touchdowns. I mean, he did everything that he could do. But they are in a very precarious situation right now. The Philadelphia Eagles cemented themselves as the best team in the NFC. It's it's probably going to come down uh to them and the San Francisco 49ers once again. I don't see how it doesn't. I could be wrong, but, you know, uh, they are just too good. And and if you're Buffalo, you know, you're looking at 6-6 six and six right now. You're a couple of games behind the Miami Dolphins in your own division. So you're looking for a wild card. You've got a bye coming up this week, but then you have to play. Had Kansas City. Then you have to play Dallas. Then you have to play the Chargers. And I know the Chargers are struggling. They lost again last night. But that's not going to be an easy game 
at the Chargers. Then you had to play the Patriots. Okay, well, there's a win. And then you had to play at Miami. I mean, their playoff hopes could come down to that last game of the season against Miami um, at the Dolphins, and that'll be a dandy. There's no question about it. But I think the, I think the Bills are in trouble. I'll be shocked if they make the playoffs. You know, and the Eagles, look, the Eagles um, just have to keep Jalen Hurts healthy. That's the bottom line, you know. And, yes, they've got a big game coming up this week against San Francisco. That's probably going to be a preview of the NFC Championship game. You know, so this is just going to be, you know, feeling them out. It's a, you know, the late game this coming Sunday. That's going to be great. And then they've, look, they've got to, they still have to play Dallas. But then after that, their schedule gets pretty easy. These next two weeks with San Francisco and Dallas are going to be a, are going to be tough. But then you've got the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Giants. So they're probably losing one more game. They might lose to San Francisco. They might lose to Dallas. They're going to only going to lose one of those games. I think they, they may beat San Francisco at home this coming week. Maybe they lose to Dallas on the road, although, you know, we'll see. That's Dallas, I you know, I, despite their record, and I don't care – you know, you look at the you know and say, well, Dallas is eight and three. I, I, not a big believer. But they have to keep Jalen Hurts healthy. That's one thing we found out yesterday. And man, I'll tell you what, uh, there were there were a lot of points in a game in the rain, and still that field goal play of the game, so much fun to watch, so much fun. So uh, the Bills are going to welcome that uh, that buy. They're going to need it because. Uh, then they have to go to Kansas City. But what a great game yesterday. And the game last night, look, nobody expected the Chargers to beat the Ravens. So the fact that the Ravens won the game uh, isn't exactly a surprise. It was a little bit more low scoring than I expected. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson was under pressure a lot. Khalil Mack was all over him. Khalil Mack was a beast on defense for the Chargers. You know, and Lamar Jackson's numbers – yeah, you know, they weren't something to make you, you know, go, wow. You know, I mean, that they weren't like MVP-type numbers. But uh, still threw for 177 yards, did not throw a pick, which is huge. You know, his legs were still effective, and even when he wasn't running, he was running for his life. He needed those legs to get out of a lot of pressure uh, from that front seven from the Chargers. Uh, but by the, with those 177 yards in the air – and uh, then his 39 yards on the ground, he became the fourth quarterback in NFL history to rush for 5,000 yards and the fastest to do it. Of course, Michael Vick ran for 5,000 yards. Lamar Jackson did it in 22 fewer games than Michael Vick, and we all remember what a what a you know when he came on the scene, what a eye opener Michael Vick was, and everybody was like, "Wow, you know, we'll never see that again." Well, Lamar Jackson did it in 22 fewer games. That's pretty amazing. Um, but, uh, look, the Chargers were their own worst enemies yesterday. They came into the game as the team that has taken the best care of the football all year long. They had only turned the ball over eight times, eight times all season. Well, uh, they turned it over four times yesterday. They hadn't turned the ball over four times in a game since, uh, 2020. Justin Herbert threw an interception. Eckler with a fumble. I mean, just it was like one mistake after another. 
Chargers couldn't run the ball other than Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was their leading <laughs> leading ground gainer. Uh, but, you know, Herbert was, uh, you know, it was him and Keenan Allen. And outside of that, it was nobody else. And, you know, they tried to stay in the game, and uh, but a, uh, a late touchdown by the uh, – uh, by the Ravens was the difference. I mean, it was just, you know, the, the Chargers turned it over on downs and then uh, the Ravens made them pay. And that was it. And so now the Ravens put themselves in a position as perhaps the best team in the AFC. It's going to be, I mean, look, uh, the Jaguars won yesterday, right? Uh, Kansas City won yesterday. So there are four teams that are going to be battling it out. And I guess, you know, look, you got to throw the Miami Dolphins in there, although I still think the Dolphins have – the Dolphins can't beat anybody that's any good. You know, they've got eight wins, uh, but I think uh, seven of them are against teams that are 500 or under. So beat somebody good, Miami, and then I'll be impressed. But right now, I think the Baltimore Ravens – are the best team in the AFC. The Chiefs did win yesterday, but they didn't look good doing it. I mean, they they fell down early, and, you know, we've seen that offense be very inconsistent this year. Uh, so right now I think the, uh, the Ravens are going to be the team to beat uh, as long as, again, just like with Philly, you know, they have to keep Jalen Hurts healthy. If you're the Ravens, you have to keep Lamar Jackson healthy. If neither one of those teams – are the same. And it's not the fact that, you know, it's because these guys can affect the game with their legs. And, uh, you know, you can make the case that they are, you know, those are the, those are the two guys that drive that team. And you get, and you worry about those guys because they are so mobile, because they run the ball so much, you worry about them taking big hits. We've seen Jalen Hurts. Now, he didn't show a lot of signs of it yesterday, but we've seen him limping around a lot this year. Lamar Jackson has, you know, has a history of getting hurt. So as long as, as he stays healthy, I think the Ravens are going to be the team to beat in the AFC. It's 32 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 34 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Monday morning. One of the other games I got to see yesterday, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. Houston Texans have been one of the biggest surprises uh, in the NFL this season uh, to go along with C.J. Stroud being one of the biggest surprises uh, in football this year. They lose to the Jaguars yesterday. 24 to 21. Trevor Lawrence was spectacular uh, for the Jaguars yesterday. Threw for 364 yards, and look, they needed that because Jacksonville could not run the football. Uh, they averaged about uh, 2.8 yards a carry. Travis Etienne ran it 20 times, only managed 56 yards. Uh, Lawrence threw for a touchdown. Also ran for a touchdown. Um, and uh, that was, you know, look, he was the difference. And Cal- he hooked up with Calvin Ridley uh, for some great catches yesterday. Ridley ended up with five catches for 89 yards. Uh, he caught the touchdown pass from Trevor Lawrence. And they survive. They survive uh, on a doink. Uh, <laughs> Matt Amendola goes out uh, for a chance, and he has to nail a 58-yard field goal 
to send this game into overtime. Um, and look, the, the the thing was is when he went out, I you know I looked at my wife and said, "There's no way he's making this." Matt Amendola has never made a 58-yard field goal in his life. His career long in the NFL was 49 yards. Um, he made a 56-yarder in high school. Congratulations. Now he says. Uh, that he's made him as long as 65 yards in practice. It's very easy to make a 65-yard field goal in practice uh, with no pressure. And this isn't to take anything away from Matt Amendola, but he doesn't have the strongest foot in the world. But he, 58-yarder yesterday, and I was like, oh, my God, good luck. Uh, But, you know, look, they had a first and 10 um, at the Jacksonville 37-yard line, and then Stroud took a sack. You know, the one thing they couldn't do there, they could not afford to have him take a sack. Uh, he ends up losing nine yards, and uh, they get some of it back on a, on a short pass and then an incomplete pass. And so the, their only choice is, look, you know, we don't have any time left, right? There's like, uh, uh, you know, 47 seconds left in the game. We got a fourth and twelve. What do we do? Do you know? You're not going to try. Do you try to go for it on fourth and twelve, or do you just go for the uh, the prayer? They went for the prayer, and I got to give Amendola a lot of credit. I thought he made it when he hit that thing. It was right down the middle, and it hit the crossbar and doinked backwards. It was about a yard short. If he had, honest to God, maybe another twelve to sixteen inches more on that kick, it sneaks through. And then the game goes into overtime. Maybe we're talking about a different result. Uh, but uh, and, and on the weekend where everybody was talking about John Madden so much, uh, John Madden, <laughs> the classic doink, uh, we saw that in the game yesterday. Fun game. Fun game. Um, and the loss drops Houston to 6-5, and five, puts them in a tie in the AFC South with Indianapolis. Jacksonville now with a two-game lead in the division at 8-3, and three, uh, and they've got Cincinnati next week. They've got, you know, and no Joe Burrow, so they've got Cincinnati next week. That should be a, a win for them. Uh, and uh, it's actually, I think it's, a, I think it's a Monday night game. And then the Texans are going to have a tough one. You know, and the Texans are still in playoff. You know, they're still battling, but now they're battling with a team that is one of the hottest teams in football, and that's the Denver Broncos. So they've got to play the Broncos next Saturday. The good news for the Texans is is the game is in Houston, not in the altitude of Denver, so uh, uh, they'll have a shot there. I mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they got down 14 nothing to the Raiders, and I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Well, then Patrick Mahomes woke up. Uh, and they end up coming back to beat the uh, Raiders 31-17. to Patrick Mahomes throws for a couple of touchdowns, goes 27-34 of for 298 yards. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco ran for a couple of touchdowns. And uh, Travis Kelsey, six catches for 91 yards, and uh, they come back to win that game. But, uh, you know, a little scary. If you if you are a Chiefs fan, and again, this is why I say I think that that Ravens team uh, is going to be the team to beat. They have a better defense, and uh, they have a better you know. Look, I think right now they have a better quarterback. Patrick Mahomes has been wildly inconsistent this year, uh, but uh, give Vegas a lot of credit. They hung in there. Um, time of possession was even in this game. Uh, 
Total yards were about as even as it can get. Kansas City had 360 yards. Las Vegas had 358. I mean, there were so many things. Uh, you look at this, everything about this game was even except for the final score. So, uh, you know, the Raiders didn't even have a penalty in this game, and that never happens. But the Chiefs come back to win despite falling down 14 points early. They come back to win this one uh, 31-19. to The Chiefs get to play at Green Bay Sunday night. Uh, Vegas has a bye this week, and then they will host the Minnesota Vikings uh, the following week. Um, the Broncos, they just continue to, uh, to amaze. They beat the Cleveland Browns yesterday 29-12. to uh, They knocked out. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he ended up leaving the game with a concussion. They had to go to P.J. Walker. Uh, so any chance that they had really went out the window uh, when DTR went down. And uh, they they may end up turning to uh, Joe Flacco. <laughs> just, whew, they, they just signed him. And uh, uh, any chance that the Browns have of making the playoffs, I don't think they want that resting on PJ Walker, a lot of it's going to depend on really what Flacco's got, what they think Flacco has left in the tank, and how quickly he can pick the system up. But look, the Browns are still seven and four, despite that loss. But here come the Broncos, six and five, right in the middle of everything. Uh, shocking, absolutely shocking. Uh, Russell Wilson, look, he wasn't great, but what Russell Wilson did yesterday was manage the game. He only threw for 134 yards, but he didn't turn the ball over. Threw a touchdown pass, no interceptions, uh, did a pretty good job with his feet when he was under pressure. Uh, Javante Williams ran the ball well. Uh, look, you know, uh, give him credit. You know, he'd been much maligned, and it's all – I don't know whether it was a case of him having to buy into what uh, Sean Payton was doing or what, but he has the last few weeks, he has played so much better. So much better. And the interesting thing uh, uh, yesterday, do you realize there has never been a game – until yesterday, there had never been a game in NFL history that ended 29-12. to 12. I, the league's been around since 1920. There has never been a game that ended in 29 to 12. So that's, you know, it doesn't mean anything. No, but it's just kind of cool. Um, you know, one other thing about yesterday's game, the Broncos with three fumble recoveries yesterday. That was the difference in the game. Uh, they now have 15 takeaways in their last four games. So you don't have to look any farther than that to know why uh, this Bronco team is playing so well right now. Um, the Browns are going to have their hands full. Uh, they've got the Los Angeles Rams coming up on Sunday. The Rams with a big win uh, yesterday. Uh, Broncos are at Houston. And, look, the uh, the winner of this one is in much better playoff position. The loser of this one could find themselves on the outside looking in. So that'll be uh, that'll be a fun game to watch uh, next week. I'm hoping. I think I'm probably going to get that one here. I'm hoping so. We usually get the game, Houston games down here. Uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks lose yesterday to Indianapolis. Baker Mayfield ends up uh, leaving this game for a short time with an ankle injury. Even when he came back, he wasn't right. 
Throws for 199 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Did his best to try to keep his team in this one. Uh, but they end up falling to the surprising Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Colts win it 27-20. to Gardner Minshew has this team uh, with a chance to make the playoffs. That's amazing to me. Absolutely amazing that, uh, you know, when Richardson went out, I figured they were they were toast. But uh, Jonathan Taylor ran for 91 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Gardner Minshew ran for a touchdown, uh, and they end up winning this game 27-20. to um, And the Steelers win yesterday. They fire their offensive coordinator, and then all of a sudden the offense takes off. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Kenny Pickett had his best game of the season through for 278 yards. Uh, Najee Harris ran for 99 yards and a touchdown, and uh, they beat the Bengals 16-10. to uh, Jake Browning threw a touchdown pass on the first possession and struggled really the rest of the game. Uh, but the difference in this one is the Steelers basically said to the Bengals yesterday, you're going to have to throw the ball to beat us. And Cincinnati had 25 yards rushing. They only ran the ball 11 times, and three of those were the quarterback. Joe Mixon, eight carries, 16 yards. You cannot win a game. I don't care who you are. You cannot win a game if you can't run the ball at all, and that was exactly what we saw yesterday. And uh, the Steelers fired Matt Canada this week, and uh, the Steelers respond. They get the victory. Uh, They are now 7-4. and Look, they're not going anywhere. They're not a very good team. Um, they're still a game and a half behind the Baltimore Ravens, tied with the Browns. Um, you know, and, and look, here's the thing. I think the Steelers are better than the Browns right now. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, with no Deshaun Watson and uh, and, and DTR uh, possibly on the shelf with a concussion, the Steelers may end up getting in the playoffs by default. But they're not a very good team. Uh, they get to host Arizona on Sunday, so that's the good news. I mean, they've get, they've got a break there, and the Bengals, you know, with no Joe Burrow, you know, it's kind of sad to watch. It really is. It's forty six minutes past the hour. We got to take one more break. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 48 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. Uh, the other game I got down here yesterday, I got the. Uh, the Falcon Saints game, because I always get the Falcon game. We only live, live two hours away from Atlanta, so we get those. Uh, the Falcons with a surprise win. I did not see this coming. They beat the Saints yesterday 24-15. Uh, to 15. Derek Carr threw for 300 yards, but uh, threw for an interception, and the Saints offense just couldn't finish. They moved the ball, but they had to settle for five field goals. Five. Uh you know, and if you can't finish, you're going to have a hard time winning games. And look, they put uh, Atlanta put Desmond Ritter back at quarterback. Uh, was he great? Nope. Threw a couple of interceptions, threw a touchdown, but Bijan Robinson ran the ball well, uh, and uh, they escape with the win. They win this thing. Uh, and oh, man, the NFC South is just pathetic. You know, th- this is this is how bad it is. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers who lost yesterday, are now 4-7. and seven. They're only a game back of first place in the NFC South. The Falcons and the Saints are on top of that division, 
at five and six. This is reminiscent of remember uh, uh, a few years ago when the NFC East was the same way with the, the Cowboys and the Giants and the Commanders. Everybody, everybody was under five hundred. The Eagles. Now it's the NFC South, and it is just absolutely awful. So the Saints win the game. I mean, excuse me, the Falcons win the game. And now they are tied for the division lead. That is just, I mean, it's just absolutely brutal. Uh, A game that meant nothing to anybody unless you're a a fan of the team. The Panthers lose. They fall to 1-10. The Titans beat them 17-10. I bring it up only because uh, Connecticut's own Will Levis, the starting quarterback for the Titans, is now 2-3 as a starting quarterback in his rookie season. Uh, Went 18 for 28 through for 185 yards, but he's got something that Carolina doesn't have. What's that? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry runs for two touchdowns, difference in the game, and uh, Levis, you know, again, controlled the game. Didn't throw a touchdown, but he also didn't turn the ball over, uh, and uh, they beat the Panthers 17-10. The Panthers will play at Tampa on Sunday, and uh, the Titans, look, the Titans aren't making the playoffs. They, uh, it was a nice win, you know, but let's not, let's not get too carried away. Uh, The Titans are now just four and seven, but they can play spoiler uh, they've got the Indianapolis Colts coming in to Tennessee. And Tennessee, by the way, all four of their wins this year, they're all at home. And uh, so they have been very, very good uh, at Nissan Stadium. So uh, they could play spoiler and, and put a, uh, a ding in the Colts' hopes of making the playoffs uh, this week. Um, baseball news. Kenta Maeda, who pitched this past couple of years for the Minnesota Twins, has agreed to a two-year contract pending a physical with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, he is going to get $24 million in guaranteed money, so $12 million bucks a year. Um, look, uh, he wasn't great for Minnesota. Uh, he uh, ended up uh, with uh, Tommy John surgery, pitched last year to a, a 4 uh, ERA in 104 innings. Uh, His walk and strikeout rates were above average, but he still pitches to contact a little bit too much. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, 36 years old, and uh, he winds up with a $24 million two-year contract with the Detroit Tigers. Other news that just came down this morning, John Heyman reported that Sonny Gray and the St. Louis Cardinals are probably going to finalize a deal today. So the Cardinals, who recently signed Lance Lynn, who's 150 years old, also uh, recently signed uh, Kyle Gibson, who I think is 36, signed him away from the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Now we'll bring in Sonny Gray. And look, Sonny Gray is older. Sonny Gray had one of his best seasons ever last year. and his matter of fact, his last two or three years, he has been very, very good. So the Cardinals looking to uh, retool that pitching staff uh, are going to sign Sonny Gray today, it looks like. And supposedly teams are going to begin meeting with the uh, young phenom out of uh, Japan, Yamamoto. He is going to start meeting with MLB teams today. The Red Sox are supposedly uh, very high on trying to get this kid, and it's going it's going to be interesting. I'm waiting for the first big signing for the Red Sox because this is going to be the kind of thing like Craig Breslow, it's time for him to, he's, you know, he's had the job for a couple of weeks. Now everybody's waiting to see how he's going to put his stamp on this organization. So uh, that's going to be uh, interesting to watch, and 
the rumors are going to be flying hot and heavy because supposedly the Yankees are big in on Yamamoto. Anybody that's got a breath, I think, is in on Yamamoto. But the teams, obviously, like the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Mets are all, you know, because they have the money to spend, you would think those are going to be the front runners. Uh, Yamamoto has said that, you know, he kind of likes the idea of playing with another Japanese player. Well, the Red Sox have one of these, right? The Red Sox have Masha Yoshida, you know, and they were actually teammates in Japan. So maybe that gives the Red Sox an inside track. We'll see. Uh, Celtics win yesterday. Uh, a very short-handed Celtics team. No Porzingis, uh, no Drew Holiday. And so they had to kind of do it and the, Old man, Al Horford, came up big uh, for the Celtics yesterday. He grabbed 15 rebounds in this game. Uh, this is a guy who had started, like, most of his career, right, with the Celtics. And coming off the bench this year, and uh, they needed him big time yesterday. And he came up with 15 boards, uh, a couple of big ones late in the game. Jason Tatum with 34 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, Jalen Brown had 21 points. And uh, the Celtics ended up beating the uh, Hawks 113 to 103. Uh, look, Celtics 13 to 4. Best record in the NBA. Uh, don't see any reason why uh, they won't win that Eastern Conference and go to the NBA Finals, and barring a major injury. And Porzingis is out now with a calf injury. The MRI on it says it's nothing serious. They think he's going to be out a week or so. Uh, so hopefully uh, they get him back sooner rather than later. But if they can, if they can avoid injuries, um, you know we saw that. Look, they just beat the uh, uh, they just beat the Milwaukee Bucks last week. Look, the, the, and the Bucks are probably their biggest competition. Uh, you got to love the Celtics' chances, especially when they can win a game yesterday um, the way they did without those two big guys, two of their five starters uh, out of the game. You got to feel good about the Celtics' chances. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Hey, let's give you your first taste of holiday music uh, here on Sports Country Radio. Here's some Blake Shelton. It's called Home. It's uh, Michael Blue Bay does a, a duet with him on this one. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.